Hey, it's Matt Cross from UMass Basketball, and I've got a slam dunk insurance recommendation for you. I'm a Massachusetts native myself, and I know the importance of hometown loyalty and toughness. When I need insurance as tough as me, I choose Amherst Insurance. They've had UMass Basketball's back for decades, and they'll have yours too. Trust me. Amherst Insurance isn't just an insurance agency. They're a part of our community, deeply rooted in Massachusetts values. They understand the hustle, the spirit, and the pride that defines us here. So if you're looking for a hometown insurance agent who's got the same drive and determination as me, it's Amherst Insurance all the way. And remember, when you make that call or visit the NathanAgencies.com, tell them Matt Cross sent you. UMass fans, Josh Coney, the latest addition to the UMass basketball family. The energy here is unreal, and let's not forget UMass football season is revving up, and I'm all in. Now listen up. Moving can be a hassle, but five college movers made my transition seamless. Mention my name, Josh, and you'll not only score exclusive pricing, but tickets to a UMass basketball game of your choosing, courtesy of five college movers. So UMass fans, let's rally for football, get ready for basketball, and when it's time to move stress-free, team up with five college movers. Go UMass. And a big welcome back to Commonwealth Conversations Everyday Minutemen. Stories brought to you by the Massachusetts Collective. I'm your host, Nathan Strauss. And today's guest is an Amherst native who was a ball boy and then a manager and now has worked in all aspects of the professional sports world, Dan Cutler. Thank you so much for hopping on. How's it going? Great, Nathan. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate you taking the time. Of course. So you're growing up in Amherst right when, you know, UMass makes their breakthrough in the, the early 90s. How did you become a ball boy for Coach Cal? My father was a podiatrist in town so a podiatrist is a foot doctor so um through ron laham who was the athletic trainer at the time um he got with dr ralph as well jim ralph who was a umass legend as a as a, a doctor on on, uh, on campus and for the teams and was brought in to do some of the their you know their footwork whether that be orthotics or you know obviously ankle injuries and foot injuries or with seven footers, you know, Marcus Camby's and, and those types were, uh, were something that he dealt with. So, um, just from being around him and, you know, any chance he got to go to practice, I was always trying to tag along as the little kid, just jumping in the, jumping in the car, go to the, go to the cage and try to try to get an up close look at, you know, Jim McCoy or, you know, any of those guys that were coming up at the time. And then he really got, uh, much more into it as kind of the, the ascension of, of UMass basketball began. So, um, Tyrone Weeks was like a became like a family friend and you know somebody that I could definitely uh, relate to as a young kid growing up and he was you know not not that much older than us but old enough that we thought he was you know it, it might as well have been Larry Bird. What do you remember about you know being young and sort of being around that team like before you were college age obviously what was it like you know to be you know an adolescent I guess around those guys? I just remember the excitement around town. I mean, every, you know, everywhere those guys went, it was kind of a, a scene, whether it was running into them at Antonio's or running to that corner subway, Coach Cal's closet. I don't know if people are familiar with, but there was a, you know, Coach Cal had his own store downtown where you could go get, you know, your number 10 Mike Williams jersey or your number 21 Marcus Camby jersey. That was always like a great stop in when you were out and, you know, Coach Cal sometimes would be there and you get to, you know, see him and shake his hand and get an autograph on your, you know, your receipt. Um, but it, just the excitement around town. I remember being 
second to none. And my dad's office was below Ron Nathan's. So obviously Ron Nathan is a, a UMass legend and somebody who was really involved in the court club in its early phases. Um, so, you know, we would always be around his office and those guys would always stop in for insurance stuff. So, you know, whether it was Bruiser or, or Cal or John Robick or any of those guys that were around that time, just, there was such a buzz around town, whether it was, you know, that a big game for St. Joe's or Temple, or even if it was just like a, you know, an opening game against the marathon all-stars as an exhibition, you know, it was always just such an excitement around, around game days. I remember, especially. We just actually talked to, you know, Tim Collins, which is funny because he mentioned you without you sort of completely unprompted about, you know, guys who he is in touch with um, and people who he met along the way. Uh, and I think your stories are somewhat similar being Western mass kids who end up managing for UMass basketball. How did you choose? I mean, obviously you grew up in Amherst was, was Amherst always going to be the choice for you as far as, you know, where you ended up uh, collegiately? No, it wasn't. Um, I was, when I was getting, you know, I was getting to my senior year of high school and trying to figure out where I was going to go and applying to all those local New England schools, Keene States, Salem States, you know, I thought I, I thought I wanted a smaller school experience. Um, and um, unfortunately, my father passed away my senior year of high school, so ended up wanting to stay home and be there with my mother. So ended up staying home and, you know, Bruiser, it was Bruiser's last year was his my junior year of high school. Um, so I obviously knew Bruiser really, really well from just growing up being that ball boy and being around and hanging around. And Bruiser was great to me and my family. And obviously it was close to my dad. Um, but Dr. Rousier was somebody who my dad was very close to as well. Um, Dr. Rousier put in a good word with Coach Lapis, asked if I could work summer camp. Um, said, sure, no problem. I went to work summer camp and I just never left and, you know, got linked in with the managerial crew. Um, I know obviously from looking, obviously you've talked to a ton of us, former managers. Um, you know, Tim was, Tim was somebody who was a former manager who obviously was a great basketball player in high school himself. Um, you know, similar to another one of our close friends, Matt Penny, um, somebody that was so good as, as a high school player. I mean, I think that's the different, and I think that's a different level you see at the division one level is, you, you know, I think Matt was probably a guy who could have probably really contributed to a high, high end division three team and ends up coming here as a manager and ends up walking on and being, you know, this, he turned into this kind of like enigma on campus and um, you know, Tim, the same, Tim was a great high school player and was able to come here. But um, you know, I think we gravitated towards the place because I grew up so fond of this place and, you know, chasing those memories of 96, 97, and, and, you know, the time that we had during Cal's years and Bruce years. And, you know, I think we've always been chasing it. And I think we've had, you know, a moderate amount of success here and there, obviously Derek got there and, you know, I think coach laugh under us, you know, that we, we had some great teams and some great talent and, you know, I'm, I'm biased because I love all the guys that were here, whether it's lap, whether it's Derek, whether it's Matt or, you know, obviously Frank now. Um, so everybody's, Everybody's been there and we're, we're just hoping to get it back going, but it's, it was just always a thing where I was just, I had such a gravitational pull towards the university and the town that, you know, even when I moved away, you know, and I've come back now and, and moved back here to Hadley. So um, it's a place that's special to me, special to our, you know, close to our hearts. And it's a bit to raise our family now here is pretty special. I get it. I mean, I came out to Amherst as a student five, six years ago, and now I've just, you know, been in Hadley ever since. So yeah, my uh, dad it, was a Amherst College grad and ended up coming back and moving in. So from Jersey, never been here before he, you know, stepped foot on school ground. So it's it's a it's a special place to to come. And I think a lot of people end up kind of gravitating back, especially kids 
that I went to high school with have now started to come back as they raise their families. It's, it's such a great area too. Uh, and, and not to belabor the point, but you know, it's just like you get all four seasons here. You've got great food. It's big enough where you can find people, but not so big that you get overwhelmed. Anyways. If you need um, to get to Boston, it's not a far ride. If you need to get to New York, it's not a far ride. Philly, you know, I yeah. brew is at Drexel. I would, you know, I'd hop on a train sometimes and go down and just watch some games. So, um, you know, it's a great spot to live for, for what I do and for, you know, for just being in, you know, you're close to Yukon, you're close to BC, unfortunately, sorry for those names, but you're close to a lot of great basketball as well as, as in Amherst as well. So it's a, it's a great spot if you're a basketball sports fan. Speaking of great spots, was, is there a game or a place that you remember going to or being part of as a manager um, that like really sticks out to you, whether it be a, a game or an arena or, a, a, you know, a, a tournament or anything like that? I mean, I think the game that stands out is when we beat UConn at, at the Mullen Center and the Rayshon Freeman layup and subsequential jump into the stands, um, which is so cliche because it's obviously such a pinnacle of the last 25 years of the, of us being here and, you know, wins that we were able to achieve at home. Um, you know, those were that was a just a, a special, special time to be able to do something like that. Um, I do remember, you know, we went out and we played Gonzaga out at Key Arena, I think it was back at the time. And they had Ronnie Turrioff and Adam Morrison. Um, you know, that was a special trip just to go out there and get to see a place that we'd, you know, I'd never been to Seattle. I'd never been on the West Coast, really. So, you know, obviously the game's taken us a lot of places. But that UConn one, I mean, just everything that was the buzz that was leading into that thing, the way that the place was shaking and, you know, the court storm after. You know, I recall Thor Bjorn, who's the athletic director at Rhode Island now. I think I got swallowed up in the court storm as I'm trying to, you know, protect I think maybe John Leonard's kids or assistant, you know, who's ended up in, you know, ended up being a, an NHL player now, or, you know, whether it was, you know, one of Lap's kids, but I remember trying to help one of them. And I think I fell and I think Thor was able to kind of like scoop me up with in one fail swoop and get me out of there. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the more forgettable, unforgettable nights, I think, you know, as we, we partied pretty good after that one. And, uh, I had to get on a plane early morning to go down to University of Miami and play Jack McClinton, who I think hung about 40 on us the next day. So um, that game is the one that really stands out. And just, you know, there was such a there was such a feeling of finally. Right. I think there was like we were looking for that signature win and and getting that one and just just the buzz around campus. And I remember we were early days of thing. I want to say it was like Delta song we flew on and. You had, there was like the first TVs on an airplane. And I remember, obviously, Ray Ray had that famous, he jumps on the stands with, with three seconds left. And I remember people watching the sports center highlights and looking around and seeing us. And they realized that it was the same people that was on the, you know, that was on the little TV in the back. So that was, that was pretty fresh and new back in what, oh, four. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a crazy game, crazy day, crazy night. Um, obviously going, you know, getting to play and, you know, obviously I didn't play, but getting to be a part of these trips to some of these arenas that you, you know, you read about whether it's, you know, that Dayton, every time we went to Dayton, it was just a, a battle and St. Bonaventure is just getting there. But then the Riley Center being such a unique place and going to St. Joe's when, you know, Jameer and Delante were in the backcourt and, and dealing with that. And it was just with such a great a 10 basketball was at such a peak i feel like back then and there was you know every game was a was a war and obviously you know as the conference alignments have all kind of started to change we see a, a lot of change coming but you still see it now i mean there's it, it's a gauntlet every night in the a 10 and i think you know it's 
it was just it was such a good time and obviously that UConn game is is just is very very near and dear I think to all of that that crew whether it's Tim Matt myself you know all of our Jeff Vigiano who was our roommate um you know all of our all of our hearts were really close to that one you've obviously done a lot um you know in the sports world since graduating but did you know what you wanted to do and and how did you kind of get into the greater sports marketing world and sports world at hand um, after leaving UMass yeah, I had no clue. Um, I went to school. I actually thought I was going to be an early childhood education major. That was what I went originally for. And I think I was in school for about a week and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And uh, ended up getting into the sociology program. More is just like, a, hey, I don't, I don't know what I want. I just kind of want to feel it out. Sports management was obviously something that was in my mind, but I don't think I was ready academically to make the commitment to doing that. And I respect all, you know, all, all of my roommates, whether it was Tim, Matt, any of those guys were all in the sport management program and clearly a little bit smarter than I was at the time. Um, but I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And uh, Chris Walker was our was an assistant coach with us who ended up obviously going on to be an assistant at a number of high major places, as well as the interim head coach at Texas Tech. Um, he was, he had an AU team prior to being a assistant coach down in Houston called the T-Mac All-Stars, obviously after Tracy McGrady. Um, he connected me with a gentleman at Reebok by the name of Chris Rivers, who was just coming off running ABCD camp, obviously the famous camp where Sonny Vaccaro ran it. So he was Sonny's right-hand man. Um, so he, you know, he's just, Chris Walker said, Hey, I don't know what you're looking to do. I don't know what your, your thought is, but I think, you know, I was the guy who was, you know, studying Tom Kinchowski's hoop scoop or logging on and reading Dave Tellup's reports on scout.com. Um, so I was always interested in it and I was always kind of the, a recruiting nerd about it and wanted to see the up and coming high school kids and, um, got an opportunity to go out to Reebok, which was in Canton at the time. And, Thought I was, you know, thought I had an interview. So I show up in my whatever suit I could manage from our, my managerial time when I had to wear a shirt and tie behind the bench. And I think I showed up in like a sport coat and I walk in and immediately Rivers is like, what do you, you know, what are you wearing? And I was like, oh, I'm here for the interview. And he's like, no, you're packing boxes. So I got put in a room and I had to pack a bunch of boxes for a team, for a high school team to go to Italy for the Adidas or for the, at the time of the Reebok Euro camp. And it was Isaiah Thomas, it was Brandon Jennings, it was Quincy AC, it was all these guys I'd been reading about in Scout. And so I was in there for like, I think it was, it was child labor. I was in there for like nine hours just packing boxes. And at the end of it, he was like, Hey, you want to go get dinner? And I was like, sure. And he said, You like it? And I was like, and I didn't know if he's talking about the food or the job. And he's like, like, you want to come, do you want to come back? And I was like, sure. So I came back, I drove back to Amherst, came back the next day. And I just never left. I mean, it was just a thing where, I mean, today I work at Excel Sports Management. Chris Rivers works at Excel Sports Management. Chris went from Reebok to Adidas. I went from Reebok to Adidas. So um, had a great opportunity to do that. And then, you know, I, it was a great fortunate situation where at Reebok, we were running some of the greatest, some of the biggest high school basketball events in the country at the time, whether it was Reebok Summer Championships in Las Vegas, where, you know, the best players in the country come play. Um, Reebok All-American Camp, Reebok U, um, you know, we had the best of the best kind of come through there. And, you know, fortunately through that time, I was, you know, they trusted me enough and I was able to kind of recommend some people to bring on. And Patrick Coombs, who was one of our, uh, who was, worked for Chris as well as a full-time guy, I was, I was just a, you know, a consultant on the outside intern, um, you know, said, hey, we need some people to come work. And Matt Penny was my college roommate. 
So I said, Hey, Penny, you want to come? And he's, you know, and Penny was just like me, just love the, love the game, love being around it. But I don't think really knew exactly what he was looking to do. And so, um, you know, he was able to come work with us and you kind of just formed this team where we ran, we ran and Reebok camps for like the next, I want to say seven, eight years. We just kept doing the camps in the summer. Um, and would, you know, during the season would go scout kids and go figure out who was next. And it was just an awesome opportunity. And obviously part laid that into a job at the basketball hall of fame where, you know, helping Greg Persino run some of the high school and college basketball events there. Um, you know, obviously it was great overlap, right? So I'm, I'm seeing all these, you know, college coaches that are the best coaches in America. And then I'm running college events where Louisville and North Carolina are playing at Mohegan Sun and, you know, somehow weirdly, I, Roy Williams knows who I am and Rick Pitino knows who I am. And it's this weird world where these guys who I look to as like giants are suddenly just kind of normal guys that are, you know, that I, that I'm seeing, you know, a couple times a year. So um, after basketball of fame, kind of did some spot work, but then ended up, Chris ended up going from Reebok to Adidas. So I got brought back over to Adidas and ended up helping run their grassroots basketball department for about four or five years, as well as doing a lot of collegiate and pro work too. So worked with some NBA players, um, worked with a lot of our universities and, um, you know, just became kind of a guy that was in that, that echo ecosystem of college basketball. And that just became my, my lane and my world. And, parlayed that into a sports agency world where I was, rep, you know, helping represent players and getting marketing deals and um, ended up at a sports drink company called BioSteel that, you know, we had endorsements with Luka Doncic and Patrick Mahomes and Kristen Press and Sophia Smith and the NHL and did some really, really fun work there. And then uh, as of late, I've been for the last about six months, I've been over at Excel Sports Management um, helping kind of get our basketball coaching division up and going. So um, just been really lucky and fortunate. I think I've had a lot of great people around me that have, you know, have led me to, to into some great spots. And obviously I think that all started at UMass and UMass basketball. And that's why um, I think I'm so passionate about it. And I think I'm so fortunate to be around it and thankful for people like Pat who pour their time, their money, their, their effort into it. And obviously people like you who are, you know, day to day with it. And, you know, it's great being able to walk in and see Frank, who I knew from just the recruiting trail when he was the head coach at South Carolina, you know, or at Kansas State, you know, Bill Walker's a guy who I managed for the Celtics. And obviously Bill played for for Coach Martin at, at Kansas State. So it's just it's just kind of weird, tiny little world. And it's everybody knows everybody, but it feels like the biggest place on earth. But you get in the same club and, you know, everybody just kind of can can chat basketball and and we all talk the same same language and it's it's really fortunate and to be a kid from western massachusetts and Am to little town amherst to be able to be in those rooms is i mean it's still there's a lot of pinch myself moments but it's been it's been really really fun and i'm you know i'm, I'm forever indebted to the university of massachusetts for for starting that path well, it seems really fitting, you know, to grow up, you know, miles away from the 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 home of basketball, the founding of basketball, to you know, eventually have uh, the chance to you know be to to know everyone and be to get your start in this area. It seems like a, a little yeah, full I mean, circle moment. It, it feels really full circle, and it's you know, I don't think you you never really you know you never really want to say that you've gotten to a place where it's pretty cool, but I try to remind myself every so often, like it's like life's pretty cool. Like there's these guys that I looked up to when I was a kid, you know, I can, I can have conversations with, or I can, you know, 
guys like Bruiser Flint, who was just influential to everything that I did and was such a great mentor and obviously was so good to me after we had some, you know, tragic tragedy in our family, you know, Cal, you know, go down to Kentucky and, you know, get to go to practice and see him and Chuck Martin and, and brew. And, you know, whether it's, you know, I ran into Bill Taylor at Red Rose the other day or Matt Comer came to a game and see him, JG, obviously doing what he does, you know, Ross Burns, who was on the, you know, the final four team is, trainer that you know we work with now and it's just it's such a small small world and you know UMass basketball I think has has gotten its tentacles into every part of of what the fabric of basketball is right now I mean Sean Ford runs USA basketball and was a you know was a UMass guy so it's just a real small world that I you know a program that hasn't had a ton of national success in in lately has still managed to put people within, you know, nationally important places within the game. And, you know, it's, it's really fun. And, you know, obviously we're, I think everybody's looking forward to, to as Frank starts to, you know, continue to build on this thing. And obviously there's, there's definitely an excitement, you know, I think the buzz that's around here is, is fun again. And it's, it's, it's nice. And again, I, I love Matt and I got nothing bad to say about Matt McCall. He's a great, you know, a great friend and, you know, it's a, it's a hard job. I mean, I think I get a. That's the I'm business, right? Too... I mean, that that's the biz, and 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 people know that. There's no sort of misillusions about, um, you know, that's part of the gig, right? Like you're you got to play the game. I so. wish I wish more people knew that. I think I think we we get caught up in the wins and loss record a lot, and I think that's easy for me to say because these people are I consider friends, and obviously as a fan, you you care about the name on the front of the jersey, and that's pretty much it. Um, but I, I wish people knew how hard it was to, to win games and to go on the road. And, you know, you saw it the other day against Loyola, you know, a, a great battle and just playing it shorthanded and a couple of bounces don't go your way and you lose the game. It's just, it's a, it's a grind. And I, you know, the one thing Brew always said to me when I was younger was I don't, I, I'll help you if you want, but I don't think you should be a coach. Cause this is a, this is a bad business and use some other words to, to describe it. But, you know, he uh, he 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 advised me not not to go into the coaching aspect because, it, I mean, it's just it's hard. It's it's a it's a hard job and you get paid well if you do it well, but it's a very, very hard job. So I, re I respect all these guys. And, you know, I can't I'd be remiss not to mention Lap and, you know, as as a manager for him, how great he was to us. And, you know, he's he would invite us down to his shore house or, you know, we would be invited into his home and I babysat his kids because he trusted us. And, you know, he was just, he was a great guy to be around John Leonard and Andrew Theokas and Chris Walker, Pat Sellers, this, you know, head coach of central Connecticut um, who we played this year at UMass, you know, guys that were on staff there that, you know, were just influenced with Jermaine Kimbrough's associate head coach at Arizona state was our video, our, you know, our head of video uh, uh, production or, or, or video coordinator, I'm sorry. Um, you know, just guys that we touched here that have gone on to do such great things. And, you know, I've always been able to call on those guys, Mike Mannix, right? Guys that you've talked to a ton. So, um, you know, Matt Vogel lived in my apartment and I hired him as a manager. Warren was a young guy when I got there or when he got there, I was the old guy. Um, so just, it's just such a nice, it's, it's such a good family thing where I feel like every time you're around a basketball thing, Matt Collier, you know, was a guy that was looked out for me when I was in high school and I'd go to UMass party. And if I saw him, he would, you know, he'd make sure I was all right. So um, just a, a great crew. And, you know, this, this place is special. And I, I hope that that people understand that. And obviously 
start to start to continue to step up and, and do the right thing to keep this thing moving. We ask everyone the same two questions. And I know you, you aren't a coach because you were dissuaded from that. But if you were a coach and you had to draw up a play in the final seconds for any UMass player all time to try and win a game, you're down by one. You can put the ball in the hands of any player in the uh, the entire history of UMass. Which player are you trusting to take that final shot? I mean, there's the easy ones, right? There's the Marcus Camby's. There's Mike Williams. I'm sure you've heard. I'm sure Monty Max come up. I'm sure Ricky Harris has come up. I'm giving the. I think the one of the most talented players. I think doesn't get enough love. I think is Gary Forbes from the times that I was around. Gary was, I mean, a real NBA player. Like six, seven, two, three could do whatever you wanted to do. And I think if I needed one basket, I'm clearing, you know, right now I'm probably clearing out and, and making some space for Gary Forbes to, to go to work and his size, but what, you know, his, what he was able to do is strength. Um, you know, I think he's one of the guys that kind of gets, gets lost in the, in the shuffle of, of great players that came through here. But I, as a transfer from, you know, the Virginia and the ACC at Banneker high school in New York city was, was a incredibly highly rated recruit, but he could just go get a bucket. And I think people forget that. And, you know, that team was so talented, whether it was Ray Ray, whether it was Stefan Lasme, you know, Maurice Maxwell, Artie Bowers, you know, obviously Lappin and the staff recruited great, but there was something special about, about him. And he came in and, you know, he really, I think helped kind of steady, steady the ship and was, was a guy that Travis obviously leaned on a lot as he was here. Obviously, um, you know, that's, it's so funny. You and, and other people have approached that question in such different ways. Sometimes people are, they just go straight to whatever player like hit the most memorable shot in their mind. And then others like you are a little bit more analytical about it and are all about the, um, you know, uh, making sure certain people get their, uh, get their dues, which I appreciate. I just think there's so many, right? I mean, I, no one said it, I'm sure, but you give Ray Ray the, uh, the ball on the block it wasn't getting stopped many times. You give Stefan Lazmi a rip through at the at the elbow. It wasn't getting stopped. Well, many you times. know who you know. Tim Collins was the first person to mention Ray Ray, and that was we 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 talked to him literally an hour and a half ago. So there I mean, is you talk to be about said guys about, who get lost yeah. in the shuffle. I mean, I know everybody looks at Ray Ray from that UConn game, but Ray was one of the most just talented kids that I, I mean, up to that point in my life, I'd ever been around. Just pure. I mean, he was a basketball player, you know, and didn't play really above the rim. And it wasn't it wasn't always sexy, but you'd look up and you'd be like, oh, yeah, he's got 21 and nine tonight again. Or, oh, yeah, 18, 18 and 11. Like it just was always consistently there. And that one two punch of him and Steph, I was I felt bad for a lot of the A-10 when, you know, when that was coming through. The last question that we ask everyone is obviously NIL has changed a ton. Um, and continues to change basically by the day, by the congressional hearing, by the week. But if you could have had or could have now, you can take your pick as to how you want to answer this question. But if you could pick a, a deal that you would that you would have either when you were a student at UMass or even nowadays, what you know, what company would you want to you know sign you to a contract? I mean, I've been around too long, so there's too many businesses that i would need to need to take care of as well, a, we know we know song you. airlines is not going to be one of them but no, uh, delta song is not one of them because i think we were we were all still a little a uh, little banged up on that flight um i'm i'm guessing tim said barcy's tim said 
uh the sub shop maybe which no longer Ooh, exists sub was great sub was and then great. um it's, it's uh, where the spoke was is now and then a bar a bar um caesars just something with its now delano's you probably said delano's yeah, yeah delano's Barcy's was our bar. Bar, bar, bar Caesar. Yeah, sorry, Barcelonis is what he said. Yeah, yeah. Barcelonis was our bar. I think I think we invented nil Barcy's because we would walk in with like a couple of <laughs> uh, Steve Lapis Camp T-shirts and and all of a sudden a couple of pitchers would be coming back our way and you know we often didn't have to put down as much money as I think we probably should have. Um, Barcy's would be hard to say no to. The pub, the pub was a a classic for us. Uh, I think rafters, but if I had to, if I had to say one, I think I'm going Barcy's. Barcy's. I mean, I don't know if we could have bars be nil. They didn't have any food, so I'm not sure it would be all that allowed. But um, that was a special place. The pub, rafters, early days of the hangar when it was across the street, you know, and where the marijuana shop is now. Um, but all those, there's just too many to pick. McMurphy's. I mean, all the ones that were great, but I. Tim, to give give Tim a little tip of the cap for the sub. The sub was the sub was a fantastic pizza and, and uh, pizza and sub shop. I wish uh, I wish I could have experienced it, but uh, that those are those are some great answers. I, I'm I'm sorry not to give you one answer. I know it's a cop out, but there's just too no, many no, too many good ones. No, it's not a cop out. I mean, it, it, there, I mean, there college, are. Let's go five college movers. Five college movers is the one I would want. Yeah. No. Obviously. Yeah. You know. Um, everybody needs to move everyone needs to move at some point or another um and it's moving is so hard i had to move a couple times this last year for the first time in my life so difficult way more well, one that's of the why most you gotta get things. that's why you gotta get pat mcwilliams and five college movers i've recommended more people to try to go get their moving done because we moved from i've moved a lot in my life but we moved from san diego back here and we did it ourselves in like moving cubes and it was one of my biggest life's regrets of all time so I would I would never never skimp on a move again after dealing with that. Well, it is a good reminder uh, to keep them in your back pocket. Dan, uh, thank you so much for for hopping on. Is there anything else that you want to touch on before we uh, before we wrap it up? No, I just want to give you know obviously you know, I joke about it, but want to really thank Pat and what he's been you know he's been so forceful I think in his in his support of the program and and the university and. You know, Corey Schneider with Midnight Ride and what they're doing for the football side of it. Jim Hunt is somebody who is a close, close family friend and has, you know, always supported the programs. And, you know, I think I think the faster we get on this NIL thing, and I've obviously had an inside look at it from living in the college athletics world, um, you know, not going away. And I think, you know, Ryan Bamford's been fantastic about supporting it and realizing that it's it's something that we got to, you know, we can't forget about. And, you know, you see you see it working, right? You see Josh Cohen, you know, dominating in the 8-10. You see Jalen Curry. You see Matt Cross. You see all these guys doing what they do. And, you know, I think I think there's some nostalgic sense of what college athletics was that is probably, you know, a lot of people are trying to, trying to wrap their heads around, but I think the faster as a, as a fan base and as a support group, we get on board with, this is what is going to, it's going to take. And it, you know, I think people have said it before it's, it doesn't have to be the $50,000 sponsor. It's got to be the, the grassroots campaign of five, 10, 15, $20 a month where people just continue to support and, and show that, you know, we want this thing to be a, a real thing and we want to keep going and support Frank and, you know, 
it's different than it was, you know, and, and the core club's great too. Don't get me wrong. You know, I love, I love those guys, whether, whether it's, you know, Ron Nathan or Glenn Allen or Gordy Pally and all, you know, Jim Hunt, all the great people that are on that side too. And I think there's a world that we can support both and, um, you know, continue to, to push the Minutemen to, to the forefront of the A10 and back into the national conversation. And I think Frank's the guy to do it. And, you know, I'm, I think we're, you know, I don't think there's one person that's, has been around Frank that's not super excited about this program and, and what he's doing. And, um, but I think just, I'd be remiss if I didn't just give a shout out to everybody that was a great part of my time, whether as a manager, as a ball boy or, or in the, you know, since, you know, I think Tim probably mentioned Matt Penny, Tim, Adam Glessner, who's with the front office, of the San Antonio Spurs that we all lived together with Jeff Vigiano. So all of us, a lot of us stayed in the basketball, you know, game and, you know, I still talk to Dante Milligan and Luke Bonner and, you know, Bruiser, obviously, you know, we remiss Bruiser, Lap, John Leonard, who, you know, I obviously stay in touch with um, Chris Walker. I just talked to the other day. So just a really great crew and, you know, great people have come through this place and this place is special to a lot of people. And, you know, it's great seeing guys like you who picked it up as a student and have kind of carried the torch and, you know, appreciate what you guys, you know, you guys do to keep the, the old guys like us you know a, a part of it and jg's been great jg reaches out and we'll have i don't know when this is going to come out but there's an alumni day coming up on, i think on february 24th if i'm not mistaken um which we'll get a lot of our older guys back and i think that's a day that you know i know i know it's hard to get out to the mullen center i know it's cold but that's a day especially where i think if we can get as many people there i think it, it'll be a cool thing where we'll you know kind of get that old crew back with that new crew. And, you know, we hope, I think Steph's going to come. I think Ray's going to come. I think Dante, Matt Penny, um, I'm missing somebody, I'm sure. So I apologize in advance, but Etienne Brower, I think is coming. Um, so a lot of guys from our age that were, you know, that played, played hard and kind of was on that Travis team that made that run to, to Madison square garden. And um, just, just a great time to be around. And, you know, I think, I think, as somebody who's been through it for, for the last 25 years, just feeling that buzz again um, has been really fun as, as we get back towards it. And, you know, it's just, it's just a great place and a special place to me and my family and, you know, forever appreciative to the people at UMass that have, you know, continued to be good. Tim Kenny, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Tim Kenny, who was great to us and Garrett Waller, who were in the administration prior, but, um, Ryan's done a great job and, you know, I'm excited to see the future of UMass athletics as we, you know, push forward in this new age of college athletics. Without a doubt. Well, thank you so much uh, for, for hopping on and, and chatting and obviously a Western mass native and a Western mass, you know, now resident. And of course, a former UMass rec softball uh, champion from 20 years ago, which I wanted to throw in there. Uh, as well what was the team to, called did, did you look uh, up the team name I, I had the team name it was it was called like the O'Hayes, maybe uh, i will tell you as a as an aside for the high of that i did get thrown out of the the intramural basketball world because i got i reacted to an official in a in a not so positive way <laughs> i think i threw a shoe against a wall Oh in my the god! Of the game. Yeah, I, I was I was a little bit of a hothead. I, I learned I learned from. Yeah, I was gonna from, say you spent you, know, you spent too staff. much time you spent too much time watching UMass Temple in the nineties, and then too all much of time a sudden yelled at by our coaching staff when we you know when we didn't get the bubbles on the the on the rim right, or we didn't run and, and get a you know get the the clipboard fast enough. So 
no, I, I remember one game we were our intramural team, you know, the basketball team would come watch because all it was all the managers and they would support us. And I think one game I got myself gassed up a little bit. Maybe Marcus Cox and Anthony Anderson were gassing me up a little bit and started peeing off and the official and he threw me out of the game and I, I threw a shoe against the wall out of frustration. So I think I would I think that that championship team of softball had to be before that because I don't think I was ever allowed back in the intramural system after that. Well, that is also a great story. And I should have brought that one up. Sorry. No, it's perfect. It's perfect. But Dan, thank you so much for hopping on. As a reminder, join the collective, come out to the games, come out to the events. And of course, uh, keep tuning into Commonwealth Conversations Everyday Minutemen Stories brought to you by the Mass Collective. I've been Nathan Strauss. Thank you so much, Dan Cutler. We'll talk to you guys next time. Hey, it's Matt Cross from UMass Basketball, and I've got a slam dunk insurance recommendation for you. I'm a Massachusetts native myself, and I know the importance of hometown loyalty and toughness. When I need insurance as tough as me, I choose Amherst Insurance. They've had UMass basketballs back for decades, and they'll have yours too. Trust me. Amherst Insurance isn't just an insurance agency. They're a part of our community, deeply rooted in Massachusetts values. They understand the hustle, the spirit, and the pride that defines us here. So if you're looking for a hometown insurance agent who's got the same drive and determination as me, it's Amherst Insurance all the way. And remember, when you make that call or visit the NathanAgencies.com, tell them Matt Cross sent you. UMass fans, Josh Coney, the latest addition to the UMass basketball family. The energy here is unreal, and let's not forget UMass football season is revving up, and I'm all in. Now listen up. Moving can be a hassle, but five college movers made my transition seamless. Mention my name, Josh, and you'll not only score exclusive pricing, but tickets to a UMass basketball game of your choosing, courtesy of five college movers. So UMass fans, let's rally for football, get ready for basketball, and when it's time to move stress-free, team up with five college movers. Go UMass.